Hi, and welcome to the Two Weird Hungry Girls podcast. I'm Phoebe. I'm Tracy. That was a smile. I always smile, don't I? Yeah, now you're smiling. I know, yeah. Because you just put your lipstick on. Right, my lipstick. Because mm-hmm. we're on, you know. People can see us. Because people. <laughs> That's why. I have a great face for podcasts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like some dumb old line from radio. For all people could know, like for all people know, like we could be recording at home, like in our pajamas. For all they know, yeah. But we record in a studio. We do. It's very professional. It is professional. For, yes. for serious though. Mm-hmm. No, really. I mean, these are yeah. professional mics. These are mics. Some kind of soundboard, and something like or other. Some kind of yeah. I we dig don't play. It. We don't play around. No. Hey, listen. It's all serious. Yeah. What? So it's it's getting warm out. I know. And Finally. speaking of like equipment and professional equipment and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. like we have a grill. Do you gas grill or do you charcoal grill? Oh, I know this is serious. My God, for a lot of we're going to have to. Yeah, we're going to get right into it. We charcoal grill. You do? Yeah. Since forever, you've Since never. Since forever. Why is it like a family tradition or because there is no other kind of grilling? Oh. Okay. Because it's well, charcoal and wood chips or nothing. Uh oh. Okay. okay. Well, we do gas. Cause, no, you oh, do not. I do because Phoebe. Of Phoebe's Pure Food. Yeah, Don't. I do. I just didn't want the hassle of lugging charcoal briskets. Oh, it's okay. All right. Really? Really? Plus, I'm not like a big, I'm not like the biggest <laughs> meat eater. And I I destroy Dan's steaks. It's okay that you have a gas grill. I'm just oh overreacting. I'm being dramatic. I should put it out in a yard sale this weekend. I'll put it out in the front lawn. I'll make a cardboard sign. Just take me home. <laughs> Free no, to go home. I like the... Well, here's the other thing. You're asking me, and mm-hmm. I don't do the grilling. You don't? No, I don't do the grilling. Oh, okay. No, Michael does all the grilling. He's got all the... And he, he's got two. He's got a big, big grill, mm-hmm. and then he's got a smaller grill. And so the big mm-hmm. grill, he can... Well, he can do this with the smaller grill, too, but... It, it's all about like where's the high heat and the oh. medium heat and you moving the coals around in there and mm-hmm. making different parts of the grill hotter. Like where he mounds the make mount makes the mounds of the charcoal or something. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Who does the shopping for the meat? Me. Oh, okay. You raised your. Hand. I raised my hand, As everybody. Just else so is you can, go. just so you can. Oh, yeah, I did. That's funny, but you do the shopping. For I the do meat. shop the. Yes, I do. Do, do you do shop. beef, chicken, or pork? Um. Oh, I'll do any of them. Honestly, I mean, I know like most of our listeners are very health conscious, and here's what I'm going to say about that: there is nothing wrong with meat. Okay, and well, you I know, like there it. Isn't. And uh, even pork. Even Ask pork. Amy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's Amy? You know. Oh, your friend. My okay. imaginary friend, Amy. Um, yeah, because she laughs. Whenever mm-hmm. we go out, um, there are a few places where I'll get pork because I'm out and I don't usually make it. Mm-hmm. But Michael makes the best pork ribs in the world. Okay. And um, so there's that. Okay. Yeah, pork, all of it. All of it. Chicken, I can agree with beef, you with the pork, yeah, and the, pork and the chicken and the beef. Mm-hmm. I think that if it's sustainably raised, that's yes, that's what's most important. That's the key. That's the thing. So mm-hmm. that's you sustainable and how it's fed, right? Mm-hmm. So, and of course, mm-hmm. if you can source it locally, then you're not all the food miles and stuff, right? Either, there's but. that. And do you know what I just heard? Can I just share this? Yes. Like this has been a very disturbing piece of news for me Uh-oh. recently. Maybe I don't want to know. Well, you should, and so should everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> Let me get out my soapbox here for a second. Uh oh. Did you know? 
Okay, but this is one of those stories where I don't have all the details. <laughs> oh, okay. So now that I'm now that I've gotten so all worked up, truth. I realize okay. what I'm going to say is going to be partly detailed. But did you know? Okay, salmon. I love salmon on the grill mm-hmm. and chicken on the grill. Mm-hmm. But did you know that your average chicken out there on the shelf has been like, first of all, disgustingly raised. Oh yeah, gross mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And salmon? Did you know they're sending salmon to China so that they can pull out the bones, and then it's sent back here, and they're like, "Ooh, salmon!" Mm-hmm. And you yeah. think this poor thing traveled like twice around the world? Well, I, I'm exaggerating again with the details, but mm-hmm. I find that that is absolutely despicable. And there was this thing about chicken. Who did? Oh, John Oliver. John Oliver did a thing about chicken. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. And I don't eat that chicken anyway. Our Mm -hmm. chicken is, you know, local, free range, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was like, I'm just appalled that we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting (laughs) what they feed chickens, how they they treat them, how they process them. And the same thing with the fish. How they treat like your local farmers mm-hmm. your local chicken there are people trying to make a living growing chickens and the big chicken you know it's almost like the chicken industry has its own monsanto and mm-hmm. in the form of like telling them how to feed their chickens and it's all crap have you watched is it forks over knives i haven't seen is forks over it knives. it's on it my list okay you should watch it or shouldn't watch it. and food inc food inc that's the one i watched when i was preparing chicken once which was a bad idea but but anyway, as long as it's local. On an, up, on an upside. Yeah, sorry. I'm coming down now. Yeah, it's okay. okay. On the, on the upside, <laughs> we have a very special guest with us. I'm so because, excited. Yeah, and this one's I think you're really going to love. I do. I love him I already. Hope, I hope Dan listens to this episode because he can take care of the grilling because he knows I'm going to burn his steaks regardless. <laughs> There's nothing I can do, I don't think. But um, we have Bill Cavanaugh. He's here with Dunder and... Dunder, Dunder and Heister is the uh, most recent pronunciation we've landed on. <laughs> so it can be either Dundor, and I didn't know that there's an end. I always call it Dundor Heister. So the the story goes, we uh, it started off. It's it, Dunder and Heister were two different butcher shops in the area way back in the day. Um, so we kind of you know we love the the traditions of Berks County, you know the Pennsylvania Dutch. Um, so we thought you know that's that's what we wanted to, to name the shop after because that's that's what's really important to us. Um, but we didn't necessarily realize that there was specific ways to pronounce it. So we started for the first, maybe I think four or five months of the business's inception. It was Dunder and I, I get it, I get it conflated, but Dunder and Heaster is what we were saying. Um, and then actually, the Reading Historical Society oh. content reached out to us. No, and we're like, hey, we just want to let you know, just you know, for your own edification, you are saying that wrong. So wow. we, uh, you know, so now we're on the up Wait. and up. Um, and one more time, how do you? Because I pronounced it Heaster. Heister? Heister. Heister. Dunder Heister. and Heister. And you are the new long-anticipated butcher uh-huh. shop on Penn Avenue. We are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're, we're kind of taking the uh, taking the torch from, if you remember, um, there was a butcher shop kind of in that area up in Wymissing, kind of a few blocks away. I forget the name of it, but they were, for a long time, that was kind of the local butcher shop, mm-hmm. and then they closed, um, and now we are, uh, yeah, we're, we're taking that over. And that's where I now get my chicken. Let me just so tell that makes so my happy, whole rant right? about the chicken, I just wanted to mention. That there's a reason why that where... you're going to a place like Dunder exactly. and Heister. 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 Under, yes. Heister to buy Absolutely. like your chicken. So what's the story about the chicken that you use or the beef that you use or the pork? Because I'm sure it's not just... 
Yeah, so all of our meat is it's it's we were very specific about how, how our meat's raised mm-hmm. and how it's processed. Um, it's all raised outside, no confinement. I'm sure you've seen, you know, videos and pictures and stuff of like the confinement, especially I mean chickens chickens get the real really the short end of the yeah, stick because they can stack them 10 deep in in a crate. Yeah. Um but yeah, so everything is fed, you know, no antibiotics, no hormones, uh non-GMO feed. Um you know, our the 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 the, the ruminant animals, you know, the the beef and the lamb are raised on pasture, raised on grass. Um they get a little bit of grain at the end, um just for some for some finishing, mm-hmm. but you know, it's 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 all about you know the pigs live like pigs, the the cows live like cows, and mm-hmm. they just kind of you know they have they have mm-hmm. good lives in there. Is it locally yeah. sourced? Yep. So all of our beef is coming from the Oli Valley. Um, wow. Pork, we have phenomenal pork um, from a farmer in Gettysburg, mm-hmm. uh, Bo Ramsberg, whose pork is just really it's phenomenal. I'd come in just to see the pork because it's 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 uh, it's a Berkshire cross. So it's very deep red meat. I mean, it's not the other white meat. It's very deep red. Has, <laughs> it's not the other white meat. Has, the other white has meat? beautiful, beautiful marbling in it. It's really gorgeous Is pork. it because it's a heritage breed, like a mm-hmm. particular breed that makes the um, yep. meat taste different? Yes. Any of the meats. And then I imagine that the way it's raised mm-hmm. makes it taste different than what you would find in the grocery store? So with, with you know, really any animal raised for meat, traditionally in this country, uh, traditionally, I say, we'll say conventionally, the idea is you want to take it from birth to packaged in a supermarket as quickly as possible because that's you know that's your investment. You want to you know make as much money as possible. The the farmers we work with um, just raise their animals for for a longer time. Basically, the idea is you know flavor takes time to develop. You know a, a, a beef steer that can live a full two years is going to have much more flavor. And also hmm. a much healthier sort of fat on it than mm. an animal that was just, you know, kind of force-fed corn for, yeah. for eight, nine months and then and then taken to slaughter. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that, like a healthier fat even. That makes sense. When you talk about the meat itself, mm-hmm. but a healthier mm-hmm. fat. Yeah. It, I'm, not, I'm not super up on, this, on the meat science of it, but mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the, the conversion, the way grass converts to fat versus corn converts to fat, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with like omega-3s and stuff like that mm-hmm. is, is, is pretty, is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. There's a definite difference. I mean, if you've, if you've done sort of a side by side of like your supermarket beef and your grass fed pasture raised, you know, beef, it's, it's a completely different. Is it a difference in taste the way it cooks? Yeah. Or, okay. Um, and the way it cooks too, I find, mm-hmm. um, but the, because the other thing I like to get at Dundorn Heister is the bork. <laughs> the bork? I just like to say bork. Bork. Um, What's bork? I, may, I use it for my chili. It's, it's beef and... Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, it's, it's just ha- yeah. half beef, half pork. Ground. Oh, oh, ground. Yep. Okay. Ground, yep. okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's cute, right? And you use it, yes, for how? I for use it for chili. chili. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you use it for, the bork? And meatloaf. I did meatloaf. Yeah, say meatloaf. meatloaf. So good. Really, you know, the idea behind it is we're having kind of a tough time um, sourcing veal locally. We, a, lot, a lot of people are asking oh. for veal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's one of those things where you, you know, we're, we're okay with the concept, but it needs to be done perfectly for us to, right. you know, mm-hmm. be okay with it. And we're having trouble with that. But what bork does is it gives you sort of a, a beefy flavor, but with that real tenderness that you would get from, from veal. Okay. Um, and that's good for meatloaf or... Uh, bolognese or meatballs or something like okay. that. So now that we're coming into summer and you're talking about Tracy, your husband does the ribs, mm-hmm. pork ribs. Oh yeah. We got, you we tried got them? ribs one time and, and one slab was the heritage and we saved those for, for really? us. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can tell, you can again, tell the difference. Then. There was a difference between your, whatever other type of ribs. And this is again at Dundor Heister. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the regular pork ribs and then there was one slab 
Uh, oh, so you bought both, like regular and then whatever this other... Yeah, well, Michael brand. actually... So Michael did the shopping that time, mm-hmm. um, but we knew that's where we were going to mm-hmm. get that. Um, I can't imagine getting pork anywhere else anymore. Like, that's not local. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the heritage was ribs good. were... So ribs are on trend. Like I'm thinking with are summer they? with summer in mind. Oh, like yeah, good, yeah so yeah. people are doing probably what are people what is most popular or what do you expect especially as your first full summer coming in? Mm-hmm. What do you expect to be like some of the popular things to do with different cuts of meats? Well, I mean, I think, you know, ribs first of all are Anytime you can do like a low and slow, you know. Oh, and by the way, I'm totally with you on the charcoal thing. That's oh, okay. You, 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 you just have to, you know. It really okay. is. You know, you get so much flavor off it. Yeah. You know, when you're doing like a low and slow sort of low and slow, oh, like a yeah. like a rib or a pork butt or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's you want to stretch it out. I think the charcoal just gives it so much flavor. But so that's that's been big. And we've also, you know, one of the things we do in the shop is we we dry age. So we have dry age uh, dry age uh, ribeyes, dry age New York strips. Um, and that is phenomenal. On the what grill. does that mean? Yes. What does that mean? Were you so, going to ask that? Yeah. Essentially what happens is you take a, take a, a subprimal of meat. Subprimal is basically just that big piece of meat that you would then cut steaks off of. So, you know, a ribeye, you know, you could chop it up into ribeye steaks or it's just one big piece of meat. You take that piece of meat and you put it into a cooler where you control the humidity, you control the temperature, you control airflow, and you just kind of leave it there. Um, our stuff ages for about a month, about 30 days. Um, and during that time, what happens is the water starts to evaporate out. So actually the flavor will sort of concentrate in, um, and enzymes will actually start to go to work inside the muscle itself to sort of tenderize it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's the flavors concentrating and it's also tenderizing. Um, and it's, it really, it takes, it, it takes an already good product to a, just a whole new level. So when you do a dry aged, um, steak, then how do you, what's the best way to prepare it? Especially summer. Like, do you grill it? Do you, do you even introduce more liquids by marinating yeah, it? Marinate or no, you really, honestly, rub? it's, you wouldn't, in, in terms of seasoning, I would say salt and pepper, mm-hmm. not much more than that, because it really, I mean, the, the meat itself comes through just super beefy. The fat has a ton of flavor. That's like very unique. It's like almost like blue cheesy. It has like a really deep, um, cool flavor and really, on the grill, a few minutes each side. Don't go, you know, don't go too far on it, mm-hmm. and just uh, just slice it and serve it. Yeah. So a medium rare for something like that, or even close to rare. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm the kind of guy. I mean, you know, my my wife always makes fun of me, but like, you know, you take a good piece of meat and just kind of walk it through a warm room, and you know, it's oh. done. You know, that's, <laughs> oh no, that's, that's, that's that's all it needs, you know. But it, it, honestly, you know. <laughs> that that oh. sort of meat is so tender and so good. You know, even if you had a, a really picky eater who's like, I need this well done, I, you know. It's, that it's not going to be great, but it's it's going to hold mm-hmm. up to that because there's so much flavor already in it. Okay. So when you do the ribs, um, when you say low and slow, do you – sometimes people say they like to, like, boil. Do they boil their ribs in beer or marinate them in beer? Or do you cook them covered in a marinade in the oven and then take them to the grill? Like, what are some of, like, tips that you have for really the best ribs? I've seen I've seen either or. I mean, how, how I like to do mine is I'm kind of a, a glutton for punishment, so I'll get up at, like, 5 a.m. and get the grill going and just kind of keep it going all day long. But if you're a little bit pressed for time, you definitely could start them off in the oven. Okay. You know, braise them a little bit in, like, beer or red wine or something mm-hmm. like that. Just to where it's, you know, it's not fully cooked, obviously, but a couple hours to get it pretty tender and then finish it on the grill. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot quicker than, you know, because the grill at smoking temperatures is very, very low temp. I mean, you're talking like 180, 190, 200 degrees, whereas the oven, you mm. can get it a little higher mm-hmm. and, and go a little faster with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
What about chicken? Like, what do you do with chicken? Aside from just like marinating it or doing kebabs, like that's what mm-hmm. everybody does, one right? Of the, one of the really big things that we've already seen like this spring is everyone wants their chicken spatchcocked, which is oh. basically you take you take the backbone out and you mm-hmm. just kind of butterfly it open, mm-hmm. and that's really cool for the grill. That's where you see like people do like the brick chickens, yeah, like yeah, you wrap a brick in some tin foil and just slap it on there, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of it it squashes it out and it cooks really evenly, and it's it's a really cool way. To and it cooks chicken. a lot faster, doesn't it? Yeah, than... it cooks very fast. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. You've, you've taken your whole bone in chicken and made it like sort of like steak size at that point. You mm-hmm. just kind of cook it one side, flip it, and then, you know, let it, mm-hmm. let it do its thing. Is that kind of cost effective for what you're, it's probably cost effective, right? Yeah. I mean, a, do a that? whole bird versus, you know, because a whole bird's going to feed a whole family. Right. Versus buying boneless, skinless breasts, you've got to mm-hmm. buy, you know, four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely a lot cheaper per pound because you're you getting all And you can save the bones, right? For soup? Yeah. For stock? Yeah. And actually, they make a really cool stock because it's going to have a little bit of like a smoky flavor mm-hmm. to it. Makes a great like a ramen broth or something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you guys take the backbone out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Do you it, let the people keep it? Yeah, I was gonna say if you want it, I, I always give people the option. Some want it, some don't. Mm-hmm. We can always use it. We make stock in house. We do mm-hmm. all our, you know, our beef, our lamb, our chicken. We make all our own stock. So I'm happy to save it, but take it if you want it. Mm-hmm. Another. What? Oh. Oh no. Go ahead. No. Oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you do this all day. <laughs> I was just going to ask, when you're talking about the stock, um, I've read that you can use chicken feet mm-hmm. in stock to enrich it even more. Do you yeah. guys have the feet? So we don't get feet in with our birds. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly can. I mean, the idea with stock, especially when you're going for like a, like a rich sort of unctuous mouthfeel and body, is you want as much gelatin as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So things like those feet are just full of gelatin that's what it yeah yeah so mm-hmm. if you can get your hands on them great and they're also really good to eat if you if you take if you well if you simmer feet in stock mm-hmm. for a few hours and then pull it out and give it a quick hit it on the grill or something like that and just, just eat the whole thing because there's no real bones it's all kind of cartilage so let it break down a little bit i like the idea of it in stock <laughs> i don't do, know about do that, the idea of eat eating it. A... well your boys you have two boys three boys at home i'm sure one of them I think they would all be like, I know someone who would, though. Who? I bet Albert would. Albert would? Mm -hmm. I bet he would eat a chicken. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But they don't have them, so I don't know where you're going to get them from. So, what's your favorite thing on the grill? My favorite thing on the grill is a a cut of beef called bavette. Okay. Um, You don't really see it too often in like a supermarket, you know, because we get the whole animal in. So, when we get the whole beef in, you get the whole thing in and you butcher it there. That's why you're called the butcher shop. So, you know, we have every every last little cut. Um, and the bavette's a really cool cut from sort of like the belly area. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a very interesting texture. Have you ever had like skirt steak or hanger steak? It's mm-hmm. similar to that, um, but it's a little bit bigger. It's actually a, a lot bigger than like a hanger steak. Um, and it has a really good, deep, beefy flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you, were to, if you were to pull kind of everyone in the shop what their favorite cut was, I think they would probably really? unanimously say the bavette. Yeah, it's, it's one of those like really underappreciated, underutilized cuts that's phenomenal so i'm kind of curious is that something that's new to the staff of the shop just because you introduced everyone to it i mean because it's if it's something you don't find at the grocery store it's uncommon but it's something that's not unheard of it's just traditional food you're bringing back right it's exactly yeah i mean one of the things we try and do is we're always always researching always Mm -hmm. learning you know about what's going on a lot of the staff has come from you know, either either a culinary background or a butcher background. Okay. So they, they have seen some of these cuts. If not actually physically in person, they've read about it. I mean, Bavette's one of those cuts where um, 
if you read enough old school French cookbooks, you'll come across. You're like, what is that word? And then mm-hmm. finally, you you can you can see the steak and you connect. Like, okay, well, this is that this okay. is that steak they're always talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we go, because I think we are kind of close, we have to wrap up soon. But you're are you new to the area? I am. Yeah. So my wife and I okay. uh, moved here uh, end of November okay. from Brooklyn. Oh my goodness. So yeah. what do you think of like PA Dutch country? I love it. I love yeah? it so much. Yeah. I mean, so we were, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a city guy. I really liked Brooklyn, but my wife was just like enough. We're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we, she, we made the right call. She put her foot down. We came out and I'm, I'm really loving it out here. I'm learning mm-hmm. so much about PA Dutch and, and how they did things. And, you know, we're, we're loving going out and visiting farmers and, and having a you know, little fresh air and open spaces. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. But like building relationships with the Absolutely. farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm so glad that you came tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. And like shared some great tips. So absolutely, if Dan's listening, maybe he could have to try those two different steaks: the aged and the bavet. Bavet. Yep. Bavet. And you spell that how? B a v e t t e. Oh, okay. Bavet. Right. Yep. She's typing it into her I phone am. right now, I'm, so I'm, she doesn't forget. I'm taking notes. Yes, you should, and I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to copy that later. But thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. I think you gave us some great tips to start with for summer. Yeah. And some good information about why it's important to source locally, like the meat we're eating. Yes. It's very yeah. important. So I hope that's um, some inspiration for our listeners for summer. And I guess get your charcoal grill fired up. Get your charcoal grill and fired look up. Look for my gas grill on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Oh, and we can find Dunder and Heister. Heister. I want to say Heister. I'm I know, sorry. I don't know why. And how can we find you? 1331 Pen Ave, right mm-hmm. in the shop. Uh, we're on Facebook, Dunder and Heister. Um, Instagram, I'm really part of our Instagram. It's just Dunder Heister, no and. Okay. Definitely, definitely look us up. Okay, good. That's cool. Excellent. Yay. Thank you. So you can find me at phoebesfearfood.com for some recipes, local destinations, and all of that good eating stuff. Um, (laughs) At phoebesfearfood.com, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think, um, what you'd like to hear more of. And um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Bye. Bye.